I want you to know that the voices in your head... Those are the whispers of madness. And as strong as you are, your power is a trickle. It's a pinprick of candlelight against the raging sun that will be the dragon reborn. Folks, it's Nate and Woody again with you to talk some Wheel of Time. What's that hashtag, Matt? That's that ACOP twat there, Nate. It is. ACOP twat. Oh, a copper twat. I've just been listening about uh, Trump and his early election, so that sort of slides in there quite nicely. <laughs> copper twat. You just, you just reach in and grab him by it? Oh, <laughs> how that fucking man got elected, I do not know. Anyway, but by the by, we come together once again to gather in your ear holes to talk Wheel of Time. Before we start, if I may, I do want to issue an apology on mm-hmm. behalf of the A Couple of Pricks team. Mm-hmm. So the three episodes we've put out, we wanted to get them all out before episode four dropped. But we didn't. Those that are following along, episode only came out the day after episode four dropped. That's on us. We didn't know that there was going to be the three episodes dropping. When we sent the files to the sweatshop, oh, sorry, the outsourced <laughs> factory that does our editing, mm. they weren't able to keep up with it. We said, here's three Those episodes. Useless Korean fucks. <laughs> The good thing is, they've talked to us, they said it won't happen again. The people that were in charge of editing our shows, they've been sent off to re-education, mm-hmm. which, as you know, I'm a big fan of education. I think it's the solution. It's the silver bullet, it's as my man bullet. Sam would say. So I'm very happy that those young Koreans are getting the re-education <laughs> they needed. Malala, if you're listening, I know you are. I know this is something you're passionate about as well. So it's a win-win for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, look, I echo that sentiment. I mean, it's a real shot in the head that we uh, we didn't get this right on, on time, but uh, that'll last in. I actually have a minor correction that I would like to make myself. Okay, please do. And that's what I wonder, I'd like to just quickly touch back on what I said about world-breaking and ethnicities and all of that sort of stuff. And I've since watched a video from a super fan who went on about the casting and did a deep fucking dive on casting. And I appreciate that now there's far more to this world than I first took. I assumed it was your generic fantasy world. And I didn't realize that we're sort of floating somewhere around 16th century Renaissance area if gunpowder hadn't been invented, I think was the time period that they looked. Which sort of suggests to me that there probably would be a whole lot more travel, a whole lot more diversity and whatnot within ethnicity. So there's probably more to that than meets the eye. And had I known that prior, then I probably wouldn't have been so hard on it. Though I am a little bit hard on it this stage as well. However, if you were bitching about world breaking, (laughs) the episodes would be eight minutes long. I think I would like to not so much retract my comments, but temper those comments. But I think this should have been explored more. And I appreciate the business of show. The series needs to grab you from the onset, but the story has suffered. So I did a little bit of reading without trying to read too much into it. And certainly listening to this dude talk about the casting. I thought that was a pretty safe video to watch. And it it was. It told me fuck all other than calm the fuck down. So I have. Good work. Now that that water is passed under the bridge and we're Mm -hmm. all happy again, we can start talking about this week's episode, episode four, The Dragon Reborn. The Dragon Reborn. Nice cold open, I thought. I like a good cold open. That seems to be the thing. I mean, do we call them cold opens now? I don't know. It's a... 
it would almost have to be. I think if we ignore the previously on, and the show, yeah. the show just starts there, it's a cold open. Maybe it's, it's a, a cold warm open. open. In this one, it kind of flowed in from mm. the previously on. Which was nice. So we got introduced to some unnamed king who was talking about a silver crown. So it was good battle there going on. Yep. We could see that the new dragon, or the person who was calling himself the last dragon, or the, just the, dragon. <clears throat> the dragon strikes back, or whatever he's calling himself, <laughs> is sort of just coming in and, and being fairly unperturbed by the battle that's going on around him in this pursuit of what appears to be the king. And we get some nice drone shots of that. I must admit, I'm a little bit over the super slow stalking, I'm so utterly powerful, I can walk through here and you guys can't do shit sort of trope that we yep. have when we have these bad guys. But I get it, but uh, I'm a bit... I've seen it so much now. <laughs> I'm kind of over it. And then we get this really nice thing here, these voices talking to him. They're talking to this dragon dude about some sort of family betrayal, like his sister and whatnot. I just thought it was really cool. But I've also got a note here. I watch it with subtitles on, oftentimes because... There's lots of noise going on around in the house, and and I just I also like to hear the names of people. And in one of the subtitles, it said someone called Elusha, E L U S H A, was doing the talking, and I wondered if that was a spoiler. So I, th- I thought that's pretty because occasionally subtitles can fuck things up for people, as I as I've heard in the yes. past for various things. But yeah, that is what it is. That's that's what it was, but it was a nice little cold open, and then we think he's going to kill this dude, and he doesn't. That was a nice bait and switch. I thought mm. that was I thought really really well done. Yeah, we just yeah, assume yeah. he's just going to yeah just which yeah adds to his kill character this dude, and more. it's just there is room for everyone at my table, which I thought yeah was, <laughs> yeah was really quite nice. I just thought it was a really interesting touch because I mean it's assumed I was sitting there going, "Well, just drop the knife, dude. He can't make you stab yourself if you just drop the knife." And then the guy drops the knife. I'm like, "All right." Oh fuck! What's he gonna do now? <laughs> like, I didn't. Can he hear me? <laughs> so we've got now cut to the camp, the Aes Sedai camp, and we've got the healing happening. And I noticed, and I don't know if I'm looking too far into this, but Moraine's left with a scar. Yes. And I wondered if that's a trollic thing, or whether this person's not as powerful a healer as the others. So that was something that made me wonder. I don't know if you had any kinds of comments on that. Every time we've seen Aes Sedai heal in the past. It's healed as new. Mm. There's no residual scar. So I think it's either she's been trollocked too much. There's enough residual there that she wasn't able to heal everything. Mm. Maybe she wasn't as great a healer as she could have been, or she's exhausted. But that was a surprise. I thought it was... Yeah, okay. All right. I was, I was about for you to jump in and go, well, actually, in the books, but no, there we go. Because they jump right into a little bit of world building here. Like, you can see the different colours of the rainbow here with all the ice and die. Which is very um, convenient for a visual medium. I did notice that they all seem to have a fairly grudging respect for one another, though the reds are clearly, I've put here, hashtag militant magical bitches. I don't know if that's going <laughs> to catch on. But they're clearly the... Well, nearly said Nazis, nasty party of the group. Yep. <laughs> who seemed to be all about, nah, fuck it. Which was good because there's a callback later on, which made me think, oh, maybe it's just this one chick. Maybe she's the one who's... And we get a little bit of that as we go through, which I thought was interesting. So we're learning more about the characters as we go here, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and there was some crack later about restricting themselves to one water. So, yes. you know, there, there's levels of hornness to the colours that I think we need yeah. to, you know. And I made a note here, oh, look, weapon carter from people who don't know how weapons work, and those yeah. axes are dumb as fuck. Yeah, that was, that was my two things. Those axes are dumb. 
And why would you be doing the same motions with an axe? Even if they were great axes, even if they were, I've got the best axes, even if they were the the best axes, you would not be doing the same. Even if they were tremendous axes, if they were the best axes, you cannot believe how tremendous these axes are. (laughs) You wouldn't be doing the same things as someone with a sword. Yeah. It just, I don't know, it just looked like somebody sort of said, here, hold the sword a little bit, learn do this and do that. And that just looked dumb. Like, I get it, but it just looked dumb. And then were they fighting? Were they not fighting? Were they sparring? Were they not sparring? Were they doing some form of kata? I don't know. It just, nah. Come on. I guess the reason I really hit on A is, it, I mean, it's like dog's balls. But it's 2021 now. You're now dealing with a, a more educated audience. You're not going to get away with a little bit of swing my sword this way and swing my sword that way. And shit, even the Princess Bride nailed sword play by and large perfectly. I just don't think you have an excuse now with the amount of talent out there in the stunt world that someone's not sitting back looking at that going, nah, that looks a bit pox. What are you trying, you know, tell a story here. What are you trying to do? And the, even in the big battle scene in episode one, we've mm. seen that their fight choreography is quite competent. Yeah. Why wasn't that translated into something a bit better when he's working the forms? It just seemed a bit... Yeah. It just looked dumb. It just really looked dumb, and it looked like somebody who's never held a katana before doing stuff with it. There are certain ways, you know, longsword has a, a certain style to it, greatsword has a certain style to it, spear, all of these things. They have a certain, they have movements that aren't easily, tra- they, they're slightly translatable, but not easily translatable. So yeah, when they're doing the same thing with the, and I'm like, no, nah, that's just not how that works. It just looks dumb. Just looks dumb. Yep. This whole episode was dripping with character development. Little drip feeds here, there, everywhere. We find out that Maureen is a bit of a... I know her name's Maureen, but I'll go write Maureen because I'm a cunt. Um, <laughs> is a bit of a loner, and she's a bit of an odd chicken, and that her and Land don't necessarily appear to play hide the sausage. I, I sort of got that, I think. That, and they got a little something a little bit later on, which I guess we can touch on now, that I just feel that they're, they're particularly driven about something. It's their... I don't want to say combined, but I mean their combined purpose that are aligned with one another yeah. that seems to bring them together. I have a bit in yellow. So this is something right. that I'm... This is my first bit of yellow. <laughs> Old mate says, I sleep less, so I have the time. When his warder, Kerry Ann Cannell, says to him, do you think you could you know, stop worrying? And he says, I sleep less, so I have the time. And I thought that was curious. I thought that might be something, and it may not be something else. So or it might be absolutely nothing. It's a little bit aligned. So... I was Wait, curious. Sleeping less is... is yeah, it's just some sort of side effect to the fact that she's drained. Because she's exhausted from holding up her end of the bargain. On the shield. Yeah, that's it. And does that then translate to him or what or however or... I don't know. It was my first... And because I... Just to let the viewers have a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. I tend to watch, pause, make a little note and then just keep going with the notes. So if something gets answered a little bit later on... If I don't go back and fix it, then I kind of sound like a bit of a dick and contradict myself in the same episode. But, you know. That's what editing is for. (laughs) What's a brother going to (laughs) do? I will say on this, this entire encampment, the stuff with Loghain, the entirety of this part of the story is Mm. new. Ah, okay. Loghain absolutely exists in the books. Yep. And he proclaimed himself Dragon, all of that sort of stuff. But this encampment where they're traveling with him completely new so things that happen here i might not have answers for Uh, okay to be honest i like that yeah someone that knows the books relatively well 
not in crazy super fan levels, mm. but as someone that at least knows where the story goes, it's good to have something new or a new take on what's happening or a oh. new viewpoint. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, at least that way you're not sitting there going the whole time, oh, here comes this and here comes that and here comes this. So I guess that's good. Yeah, okay. All right, now we move off to Tinkertown. For a very quick little snip. Yeah, so we've got Egwene and Perrin. Fuck, man, this guy. He's just killing me. Every time he's on the screen, he's killing me. He just has no range whatsoever. So again, the reason that went yellow for me before is because now Perrin announces that he's not getting any sleep. So I just wondered whether they were just trying to tie it together or what. I don't know, but it just seems to be because they have these nightmares when they go to sleep. Anyway, I bumped on it a couple of times and I went, whoa. And then I thought, maybe I'm clutching at straws. I don't know. And then we get a little bit of direction. Again, this pointed direction. We're headed east. We're going to this place called Tarvalon or Tarvalon or whatever. We're headed east, but that doesn't mean anything because we don't... Yeah, east we, we is... have no concept of where anyone is. <laughs> yeah, it's just so... Yeah, I guess... You know what I was thinking of was, you know, the Game of Thrones? Mm. That oh, the op- each opening credit had... <laughs> that thing that, that everyone tries to forget the last two seasons of. That had the map at the start. So when the credits, were, I mean, you, you were going to go up to King's Landing for this time, and then you're going to go up to the wall, and you're going to go across to... Marine. If you watch the opening every single time... We had some sort of where concept the of, of placement exactly. of, the of basic yeah. geography. Now, we would be throwing things at the screen if they'd copied the same thing. But at the same time, I'm kind of throwing things at the screen that they're not copying the same thing, you know? Like, I just wish we would have a little bit more understanding. All we, all we know is they're not near each other. That's yep. all we know. But that could just mean jack shit. So Tavalon is where they're headed, I think. I can't recall it from being the first three episodes, if that meant anything, but... They have mentioned it before. They have? That is the city where the White Tower is, and the White Tower is the seat I of Sedai Power. Right. Okay, so they all seem to be headed that way anyway. Yeah, which is where <laughs> Moraine wanted everyone to go, and, and a couple of them have said, oh, well, if we keep heading towards there, then we'll meet mm. up with everyone. Okay, so perhaps it's not a requirement for us to follow along. We just all know they're going generally in the same direction. Yep. But then, yeah, like that was just a little quick interlude, didn't really do anything. Because Glee Man, Glee Man makes an appearance. We're all very excited as Glee yes. Man comes along. I immediately sat up in the chair. <laughs> I went, come you on. Were filled with Glee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got Rand has become a mistrusting motherfucker, which I'm starting to think now this is his nature. He's a bit of a, I don't know, like in the first couple of episodes, he was a bit, fuck, you sure we should do this? And then he was like, oh no, we're now going to follow this word. Now he's saying, oh, this Glee Man could be a bad guy after all. And I guess that's his thing. I wonder if we're establishing him as just a generally mistrusting motherfucker. I don't know, but he just seemed to be a little unnecessarily suspicious of a dude who just saved them. And I know he says, oh, maybe he saved them just to engender trust and stuff, but wow, paranoid much? (laughs) He was a farmer two episodes ago, you know, and... Now he's got conspiracies and... Yeah, yeah. that's... Anyway, I I wonder whether that's just going to be a character trait of his or not, but it was... Well, he does say a bit later on that isn't Tom that guy that was running the pedophile ring out of the pizza shop? (laughs) Was that before somebody hacked the electronics in his horse and ran it off the road and killed some people. I, I don't know what's that going on. That could be it, yeah. I can't could remember be. the exact timing, but... It's a lot. But Randonon, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Randonon, I love it. Randonon, hashtag Randonon. <laughs> uh, and now we're back to the Eyes Wide Shut set, where we've got the Aes Sedai walking around with their, their dick hanging around. Like, they're making a real big 
I don't know, get the idea they're making a big scene here. You know, oh yeah, we all like to fuck. By the way, we're all about to fuck. Yes. Yeah, because this is the area where we see that crack about the, the one water not being enough. I sort of digress a little bit here, but I really like that holding a cat in a bath. It's a good analogy. We're was. learning about the magic. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that makes sense. I understand now. Because old mate's just sitting there, quiet as a church mouse, and these women are basically sweating trying to, to keep him under control. And that was a nice way of explaining what was going on without being... Oh, by the way, audience, this is what's happening. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And, and Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann Kennel is trying to get some information about, so they seem to be getting along, but they all seem to have their own agendas. Yeah. And I thought that was nice, the fact that we get to see some of that. We're all mm. basically trying to do the same thing, but this is what I'm trying to do when this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like they're all trying to go east, but they're all coming at it from different directions. <gasps> is that like an allegory? Who knows? <laughs> I do um, like a good allegory. I know, I noticed here that there's a comment that you get to choose your own colour, so it's not a sorting hat. Like You choose which colour you, you want to take. So yes. if you want to be a blue or you want to be a red or whatever. So I, I don't know what possessed me to think that it was a sorting hat sort of situation, maybe because I'm using that terminology and then that brings to mind a Harry Potter series, but I just felt that maybe the magic manifests itself in a way that leads you to a certain path. I don't know. It's, that was pretty interesting. Kind of like choosing a major really yeah okay so, so they this can is, this is what kind I, of do I want to yeah they do the thing that they feel is going to be how they can help the most mm. they get passionate about their thing and except for the Hufflepuffs they're just on their own <laughs> they just we haven't met the Hufflepuff RJ yet no I was going to say yeah because we've definitely met the Slytherin and the Ravenclaws <laughs> and the blue for Gryffindor but yeah and of course here's the crack about one water not being enough so that's generally a green in the, the law side of it, yeah. kind of all the greens, because they're the warriors, mm. they can have multiple waters. So reds don't have waters because they hate me. Ah, okay. All of the other Aja can have yep. a water if they want to. The greens can have multiples. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the greens fuck. So <laughs> The greens like to fuck, yeah. Fuck tonight for we may die tomorrow, that sort of thing. Yeah. So another bit in the yellow here that's I've got for a question for myself. Again, just to remind the viewers, bits in yellow are my conjecture that I don't want confirmed. Well, I want confirmed by the show, not by not by Nate over here. But old mate here, Lawgreen, is super strong with the force. But just trying to figure out how they go insane. Is it like the more powerful they become, they go insane? Is it the, Do they just suddenly wake up with the source? Do they wake up and they're super powerful? I don't know. To me, I was, I was sort of looking at that going, oh, okay, so... Is it a gradual thing? Do they gradually become more powerful and then they go nuts there and whatnot? So I'm not sure. And the second part of that... Yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not going to answer, but I see where you're going there. Yeah. Like I'm picking up what you've written down. Because <laughs> we get a little bit of a story later from Glee Man that suggests that maybe not. So I don't know. And they also talk about breaking the world, which is, just seems to be something that... And I went back and listened to the opening of episode one and she just talks about seas boiled and mountains were swallowed and stuff. Like, were there wars? And so she says the women were left to pick up the pieces. What did they do? Like, did they bring order to the society? Like, did they dig this? Is this why the white clothes don't like them and whatnot? So I'm hoping that gets explained a little bit later on because at the moment I'm like, well, it's all very poetic to say the seeds boiled and mountains were swallowed and all of that sort of business. But And then they yeah, dropped a volcano on the king priest of Ishtar. <laughs> well, yeah, like, what happened here? So I'm hoping either that it'll get drip-fed through or pick it up, or it'll never get answered. It's just one of those things that, hey, the world's been broken, the women fixed it, shut up and watch the show. Because I just wondered if through fixing it, 
that's what's put the white cloaks offside. If the Aes Sedai came in and just said, hey, motherfucker, we're doing it this way now, like it or lump it, then is that why the white cloaks aren't as big a fan about it all? So, And yeah. I remember they kind of touched on it a bit with the three oaths, but I don't think that talked about the breaking of the world. So I was pretty interested in that and, and where we're going from there. So Red Lorraine, Lanolin. Lanolin Red comes over and talks to <laughs> Nanu Nanu. Um, and we've got this ag-says shit going on. Like I said, this is something that's obviously going to bug me a little bit wild, but she's, she deliberately mispronounces her name, and I don't know if she's playing a gambit here or not. And then it just gets interesting before we go back over to Glee Man. So. Yeah, we, we see that little smile that she has. Mm. It's like, what do you know about Moraine? And she's like, oh, bitch, let me tell you about Moraine. <laughs> yeah. <so laughs> that 100% that is what that smile was. There's, there's some history there. There's some history. I did like Neneve's line there. I can't place the accent because you've never heard me talk, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like it was... B- bitch not, added I, for emphasis from my part. I think it was an unspoken bitch. It was in the subtext. It was yeah. a definite subtextual bitch. Yeah. Was it in the subtitles? It was actually in the subtitles, but in brackets. <laughs> Implied bitch. <laughs> Implied bitch. Yeah. Was there anything from there that you wanted to touch on yourself from that whole... I liked how they showed the shield when mm. Moraine did her shield and it kind of just settled like over him like like a web. I thought that was really visually quite nice. The way they're doing the magic in this is visually appealing. It's not your traditional lightning bolts and fireballs yeah. and magic missiles and all that sort of stuff. It, or Gandalf doing absolutely fuck all. But, <laughs> you know, apart from shining a light from the end of a stick. No, this was, this was pretty cool. So Gleeman, back to Gleeman yes. again. And we're just setting up the Horcrux's influence on Matt. I see here the with the horses and stuff, because having given up on this dagger, this dagger is obviously something, and we're setting Rain up as a peacemaker, a bit of a level-headed one. So he's a mistrusting fucker, but now he's a peacemaker. He steps out and calms the farm. Maybe he's because he's a farmer. He's like, hey, I know how to talk to farm folks. Yeah. <laughs> and I know how to hold a bow. <laughs> um, and I guess we can't have the NPC Glee Man talk all the time. <laughs> We've got to have our PCs talk and whatnot. Actually, I've got a note here. There's flipping back and forth between timelines. I get it. It's necessary, but it's tedious. Because we Especially go back, when we get a... some of them don't actually go anywhere. Yeah. Like, I'd be super happy if they had spread that out a lot more. Yeah. Because that scene with Rand, Tom, and Matt, that could have flowed straight into the next scene with them. Right. We didn't need the two other scenes no. between that. No, then we went back to Lanolin Red and talking about Marine Sedai and then Lan comes to the rescue. So she's got a bee in a bonnet about Marine because she says, um, and then she chose the blue and wouldn't that suit her because she's a self-righteous cunt? Something along those lines, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Again, subtext. Subtitles, yeah. <laughs> so that, but that told us nothing. That, that told us nothing. We knew they had that conversation. And you could tell in the three seconds that we saw them together in the end of episode three, we could tell straight away that they did not like each other. Right. It was formal. It was stiff. It was just, mm. ah, this bitch. These bitches don't like each other. We don't need to be banged over the fucking head with it. And then she says, you know, your women are always welcome in the red tent, which the pure old teenage boy and me just laughed about women with the red tent. I don't, I don't know why. I just went, oh. Back you even said we couldn't hear the word taint without kidding. <laughs> so like, I'm pretty sure most women don't enjoy the red tent, so. <laughs> Maybe it's the, the Ace of Diversion of getting your red wings. I don't know. <laughs> Come to the red tent. We have windsurfing and, and, and sailboarding here because that's what we all know women like to do. <laughs> and then here we go to the tinkers. Yes. The first good tinker scene. 
Yeah, where we actually learn a little bit more. So the conscientious objectors, which we're learning, they don't like to fight. They follow the path of leaf. Yes. Which is all very cool. So they're basically Which is a great invention. I like the way of the leaf as a... Well, I don't like the way of the leaf because I like punching people. But as a character point of view, as a... As something that exists in the world, I like the way of the leaf. I think it's quite, yeah, quite good. I mean, the actor who plays Perrin, oh my god, he has no facial expressions whatsoever. My legitimate note: Perrin still only seems to have one facial expression, stunned <sighs> mullet. Just fucking woeful. And you know, when, you know, then she says, you know, have you ever seen anyone pick up a sword or a bow and then big, nice big paws? And then she says, axe. And then suddenly he stops dead where he's, and then he starts walking again. It's like really, no one would have turned around and said. Well, hey, yo, what what the fuck, man? But of course they can't say that because he always looks like yeah. that expression on his fucking face. So for all they know, motherfucker tripped. <laughs> just It was just, oh, it's terrible. Those who can't critique, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> fucking, come on. He has no facial expressions whatsoever. Now, again, we're flip-flopping back. So we've got Matt now being a bit of a whiny fucker mm-hmm. again. And... I don't know, mucking out stables isn't the hardest fucking job in the world. And oh, look, he's vomiting up black shit. So, like, it was kind of pretty interesting that we've gone from this isn't actually the hardest thing ever to now he's vomiting up some horrible black shit out of his mouth that then disappeared so, off his lips and whatnot. And that brings us to that very, very sweet little girl the yes. nice, with nice little character development there. And, you know, as if, once again, to remind us all that Matt's, Matt's got, got shit sisters. parents. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> he's got shit sisters parents and, and shit sisters. Parents. Yeah. yeah. And it was at this moment I absolutely went, okay, so this kid's about to die because you don't, you don't get that much. Oh, you can take my little doll and I have plenty of them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right, okay, so she's going to die. Somehow, somewhere along the line, that's it. That's she's the death. Dead. <laughs> that's the death sentence for her. But we finally get some exposition off the Glee Man. Tells a story about his nephew. Yeah, who gets touched by the source. And gets gentled and cuts his own throat. I mean, someone might want to tell Glee Man that that the Glee, Glee Man is <laughs> part of his name. He's, he, I mean, he sings it's that right there in the fucking job title, dude. It's front loaded. He sings that god awful, depressing fucking song, <laughs> and then comes along and says, "Oh, by the way, uh, my nephew cut his own throat." <laughs> so, uh... and Matt's probably just like him. So let's watch out for him because he's probably fucked. <laughs> Yeah, just, oh, anyway. As soon as he says, you know, and then one day he yawned and cut his own throat. And I sat there and looked at the screen and I said, of course he fucking did. Of course he did. Like, you know. So I'm, I'm having a bit of trouble with the tone of the show. I just sometimes think that it's trying to be a little bit darker than it really is. I don't know. It's a little too high fantasy to be as dark as it is. No, I can point. see that. I can see that. So I started to play the TV show game here. I noticed we're about half hour in. Yes. I thought, okay, so here comes the action sequence. And then, not quite the action, I thought, because it goes back to the waters, yeah. all basically selecting their dick for the night. Yeah. I loved, I thought this was a great scene. This right. was my favourite scene of the whole episode. I just dug it. It's, yeah. And again, I, it never happens in any of the books. You never really get a bunch of waters just sitting around talking shit. Sitting, but it was yeah. so very much... It's what would happen. There was a realism yeah. to that where, you know, we're off doing this. We've got this shared experience. Mm. So let's just talk shit. It's, yeah. It was it was great. We have our two old mates that are uh, clearly co-dicking. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've got I got here three way on the byway, which I thought. But uh, yeah, and I love the fact that they, it was just there. Yeah, and that's how it should be. That's yeah, so exactly how it should be. Let's not draw attention to it. Yeah, I am one hundred percent for representation in media, but hmm. it just needs to exist. It doesn't yes. need to be called out. It doesn't need to be lampshaded. We don't need to say, "Hey, two for over here, who's gay and black." Mm. They were just there. Yeah, and it was awesome. And they weren't doing anything overt. It was just comfortable. It was exactly what you would expect. No one was drawing attention to it. You're right. No one's trying to fucking go, oh, look at us. We're, we're, we're being all very... And that's how it is. As you know, I've railed against that in the past to, you know, like oh, the first black actor to do blah, 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 or the first gay, openly gay actor to do blah, blah, blah. It's like, could you... I'm, I'm pretty sure we don't need that moniker on them. We need to have them just be because that's actually how acceptance works. <laughs> we just look at it. But the moment you start, it, I mean, it happened with The Force Awakens. You know, we're going, oh, we're going to finally see a black stormtrooper. So like everyone's like, why the fuck? Why are we making, I'm sure there's more to him than just being black. Hmm. So how about we just shut the fuck up yeah. and let the incredible John Boyega do his thing, which unfortunately, Ryan Johnson didn't get the memo. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you seen the new Bond flick? Mm-hmm, I have. So there's just a line in that one of the characters just says, oh, I'm waiting for my date and he's never late. And that was it. No one flinched. No one batted an eyelid. No one went, you go, sister girl, or whatever. Anyway, um, but we've got that really cool comment where Nanu Nanu says that she tracked Lan and everyone has a bit of a laugh about it. Like, again, it's not... It's like, whoa, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still trying to figure out whether that's a thing, like whether they, they're laughing because, oh, this silly bitch thinks she tracked him, yeah. or whether they're laughing like, oh, land, you're slipping. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tending towards the latter. Yeah, you land, you're slipping. Yeah, okay. Then the Aes Sedai come through, mm. tapped their waters on the shoulder, said, we're going home to Fark. Yeah. And, yeah. I've actually got a note here. The thing I noticed most about the byway moment was the glorious hair that the white guy had because it's just as long as someone who's losing their hair. I tend to notice hair a lot in shows. Like, Look at that glorious wavy hair. <laughs> then I have to catch myself. He had a great line too. was uh, something about you're more fun than you look, except for mm. me, I am exactly as fun as I look. <laughs> That's right. And we also learned the I said I to mean servants of the world so it's an honour to actually be their warders mm. which I thought oh, okay that's cool That now we're starting to understand it again which brings us to the interaction between Maureen and Lan or Moraine and this Maureen. is where I think <laughs> Maureen yes I've got Maureen because again I can't help myself um, but now all I can think of is in the scene at the end all we needed was one of those two girls to run next door and get Maureen she'll know what to do <laughs> Exactly, I ran into a cave. I ran into a cave, kids. Uh, <laughs> folks, if you have no idea what that is, go onto YouTube, search for Doug Anthony All Stars. Thank us later. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Speaking of Moraine, there was an interesting or Maureen, sorry, there's an interesting interaction between her and Lan. And this is what I was thinking: they're driven by something in their past, someone they lost that seems to be bringing them together. Less. Oh, by the way, with sausage time, more, hey, we've gone through this shared trauma together and we're going to get out through the other side. That's certainly what I picked up from that. And then he mentioned she gets emotional if he drinks. And I was wondering if that's some sort of bond thing or whether that's that was just something for the show or whether, I don't know. That's in line with books, yeah. Part of that yeah. bond 
because we saw it when Neneve warns Lan when she's about to fix Moraine's wound. You're going to feel this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. It shows how much that stood out to me because I'd completely forgotten. So there's there's that. So again, and I think you mentioned this before, we could have easily have just had these sequences lined up better. They didn't have to jump around as much because now we're back to Tinkertown. And I've got a note here, Perrin shows a second facial expression. <laughs> Briefly. Briefly. And then goes back. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, boring as batshit Perrin. So we learn about the song which I thought was interesting just because I began to world building. That's this idea that they know the song, but they've forgotten it, the song that will bring harmony to the world. And Egrain, or Egwane, or whatever her name is, Egbert, says that she wonders if they haven't already found it sort of thing because everyone's... The old mate's jamming pretty hard on his his tambourine or whatever. So, And then Boring as Batshit Parent has a chat with the older woman. Yeah. And we get more about the pacifist. We get more about the tinker culture. Now, the way they talk about the wheel, it's like it's a wheel of reincarnation. So they're Buddhist Amish, I guess. <laughs> and we've got a, a thing like fucking Rumspringer. Yes. They, <laughs> I've got that written down. As far as I know, that's new for this. Ah, oh, there you go. So they're definitely Buddhist Amish. And this goes back to what I had heard when I did my little YouTube video about the, the casting choices. He talked about how Robert Jordan said, oh, I like a little bit of this and I like a little bit of that and I like a little bit of this and just sort of hodgepodged it all together. So that would make a little bit of sense. We've got a little bit of... A little bit of Monica by my side, <laughs> a little bit of Tina is all I need. <laughs> that I think that's exactly it. Yeah, a little bit of Mambo number five there. What are you going to do? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, because that song's now fucking stuck in my head. Fucking Lou Vega, or Vega, or whatever his fucking name was. Anyway, so we get our first dream now. We're back with Matt and Rand. We yep. get our first dream, and I think this is the first dream of the show. Of this episode, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, of this episode. And we get Slender Man back. So now we see him a little bit more clearly now, I think, before he was just yeah. sort of the shadowy outline with burning eyes. Yeah, I think we actually see the actual full person. Yeah, which kind of looked a little bit like Groot. I got a Groot vibe. The, with the face, know. certainly. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then we're set up to believe that Matt's killed the villagers because yeah. we've got the knife and yes. we get that really, really, really creepy I see you moment. Mm. I thought, and that was good. I really liked that. And then this fade fucking attacks. And I'm like, holy shit. That was really unexpected to me. I thought that was very, very fucking cool. Yes. Of course, it shrieks like a Nazgul. Anyway, <laughs> I like it. So I'm not, I'm not going to be a cunt about it. But... It's okay to be derivative if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you never listened to anything I've ever said? <laughs> I'm willing to forget a multitude of scenes if I like something. Oh, I'll still watch Woody Allen movies. Yeah. I mean, the thing. Ooh. Ooh. So then Tom fights the Dementor. And... Yeah. He's got the knife. Now, I thought that was cool the way he was pointing with that knife. And I wondered if that was the, I don't know, I've got an idea. And I wondered, fuck, I wonder if it's one of these blades that are specifically designed to kill this thing. Again, this is all in yellow. I'm just thinking to myself, self, I think. And then another bit in yellow I've got going, we'll jump back to the Nazgul in a sec. But I've got wondering if the fact that the fade is with Matt and Rand and not after the others, I thought it might have been a bit telling. But then I remembered Zul. Oh, sorry, Dana. There is no Dana, only Zul. Zul, (laughs) last episode. (laughs) Okay, that look. You, you, like you know one? I like a good reach. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good reach. You love reach a good reach. Even better. Yeah, that 
that's gold. <laughs> you like that one? Like that one. <laughs> so Zul has called the fade the last episode. So I went, oh, okay, maybe it's just that. So I got all really excited for a second. I went, oh, maybe this is a thing, but maybe it's not a thing. And then the heroes fuck off leaving the Glee Man behind after we fly you fools. Get the fuck out of here. And then he leaves the doll. I mean, it's not like the little girl's going to need it anymore. No. <laughs> you know, it's a bit shit. Yeah, a bit rough. Now, this is a new new scene. There's some similar mm-hmm. things. Like, this is picked from a couple of different points. So mm-hmm. I legitimately don't know if it is the Fade that's done the killing or if it's Matt. Obviously, they think they wanted to give, leave us with that uncertainty. Yeah. I don't have an answer. That's the only reason I bring it up. If I had an answer, I would give it. Yeah. But the... I legitimately don't know with the things they're doing if that was Matt that killed them or well, if it was the fade and Matt's just happens to be standing there in a pool of dead bodies. <laughs> I just wonder when he says, because he says, I see, there's just something about it. So they went into the house and there's the dead bodies there and then they ran back to where they were sleeping and there were no dead bodies there, but he's looking up in the loft and he says, I see you. And I would get this impression that maybe Matt saw the fade or chased it in there or something. I don't know. Again, so the tonal, the shift of the show is a bit... So this is pure speculation. I just think it would be highly unlikely that Matt could come back from that as oh. a character oh. Oh, I, if I he was think the one so who actually either. did it. So I think we're, we're pretty safe to know. But yeah, it's certainly going to Generally, protagonists that are child killers. Are, <laughs> that's a big redemption arc to fucking go down. <laughs> and if you want to play that long game, you go right ahead. But yeah. that's a... Uh, that's a tough road to hoe. I'd want to see a 10-season show, I think, before, you know, of at least 30 episodes based solely on that before I could let him come back. Yeah, I thought that was a cool moment. I saw the Glee Man was holding his own, which again shows that there's something more to him. Well, he even straight out says it, you know, we're not so much Glee Men. We use the silly name to hide the fact that we're bad motherfuckers, I think is essentially was the gist of that conversation. And as clearly seen, throws a knife, the fade catches it, so he just picks, pulls another knife out. <laughs> like, he's just, fuck, you know, this is happening. We're going to go for it. I'm kind of glad he didn't pull the torch off the wall, Aragorn style, and, and chase it away that way. But I was half expecting something. But I did, I don't know. I know they got told to fuck off, but I always have a bit of a problem with that in movies. Like, leave. It's like, oh. Or you, we could sneak around behind him yeah. and I might be able to help you. Unlike Gandalf, where he says, this foe is beyond you. It's like, oh, okay, I believe that. Because then I take one look at him and go, yeah, Gandhi, you got that. You're right. <laughs> you got that. I'll, uh, I'll run Turns the fuck out, out this hole. this foe is beyond you too. So, <laughs> so we're now back to the Aes Sedai, morning after Dickfest 2021. My expectation is that's just every fucking night. <laughs> well, it, why not? I guess. I don't think, think it was it. Wang Out Wednesday. I just think it was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> So we get this foreshadowing that Lograin, I, I nearly wrote Rogaine for hair, but I've already made comment about that dude's hair. You've it's, got names for everyone else. So Rogaine, yeah. Rogaine. Which makes sense. A glorious um, hair. This is your hair obsession. This is my hair. I'm a little bit of hair This obsessed. has gotten deep. And you know wax. So it's, I'm a dichotomy. I'm an onion. So we get this impression that he's biding his time. It's pretty clear that it's all about to kick on. And it also looks like this Lorraine Lanolin Red has got a real axe to grind. Yeah, she's really fucking wants to jack this dude pretty quickly. But then we cut to really nice little peaceful ritual of Lan doing a I come from a lost land with no home once, twice, seven times a lady sort of thing. So I thought which I thought was cool. Again, more character building. Yes. And then Nanu Nanu drops a nice little passage. Now this got me. So this is a passage, right, that she's supposed to have memorized, which was the last thing that her parents ever said to her. 
the words are in a foreign language and she gets correct pronunciation so that Lan can translate immediately. Like I just, oh, I'm like, oh, come on, motherfucker. If she just said it's something that my mum used to sing to me every night before I went to sleep, I could yeah. get it. Yeah, something that you hear once. Yeah. yeah, we're under attack. I'm hiding you in a cellar. By the way, here's this language you've never heard before. Anyway, we, it sounds nice. It's all very cool. Yeah, it's the last yeah. thing. I guess he drops the M bomb here. That's the last thing. The last king of Methuen. Meth- the last king Methuen. of methamphetamine. Yes. Yeah, said said to his wife. Which how would anybody know? But anyway, so it's obviously from a saga or some description because it's not like somebody was just standing in the corner. <laughs> Sorry, my lord, if you could just repeat that last sentence. And then all of a sudden, we're into the battle. It's a nice trick with the arrows. When the arrows come in, I thought that was yes. a pretty nice trick. So Legain's army attacks. Mm. Led by that king, by the looks yeah. of it. All well and good. They didn't run to the shadows like was it was almost foreshadowed even. Nano Nano's no slouch with a knife. Again, I really like that because she didn't do anything spectacular. She just jumped into this dude, went, oh, fuck, I just get stabbed him like 20 times in the gut, which I thought, yep, that'd work. And then gets taken down. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I want to see... There's realism. Yeah, that was really cool. Again, we've got some nice little interactions and coordinations with the waters and the Aes Sedai. But then we cut to that really cool moment where Marine now faces off against Rograin. And this was always going to happen. It was pretty clear that she wanted to chat to him. But I couldn't help but wonder, is it just that she knew how powerful he was and she figured she could take him? Or like it was a, a bit of a risk? I thought it could be that maybe she just felt she was powerful enough if she Mm. needed to yeah I just thought it was a fairly risky proposition but anyway we always need the bad guy to reveal his plans and he reveals it and bide time for the good guys to get back of course yeah that was oh my god yeah and he reveals that he can hear that all the Jedi before him and they're they're with him they can they're teaching him to be a better Skywalker than Luke ever was and again that goes back to that bit that I had in yellow before that I wonder if you know how that madness how that yeah are some people able to contain it longer or whatnot because old mate right at the very start of episode one she says oh the madness has already got him and then she just gentles him he doesn't even look like he tries to fight back whereas Rogaine here looks like he's really he's really he's well he is filled with glorious purpose (laughs) he's ready to go yeah so of course the bad guy speech i've got the note here pinprick of candlelight against the raging sun is a nice little phrase and sage words as it turns out yes couldn't help but wonder there's a fairly implacability of the Ace I if they could just mid-battle heal one of their sisters that just got stuck full of arrows. She just heals her and she steps back up and starts fighting again. So that's some Terminator-level shit. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be pretty fucking hard-pressed to take them out if that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And then what else? So we get Kerry Ann Kennelly dies. Um, and so naturally her water loses his shit. My understanding of from things that I've seen, mm. obviously when the magic bitches do yeah. their magic bitch shit, it's all white. Their weaves yes. and everything is white. The black in what Loghain does is mm-hmm. the taint. Oh, he killed Carrie Ann Cannell with the taint. <laughs> he stabbed her with the taint. All right. Okay. So, this is... if we were in... Like if this was a TV show and I needed to put an ad together for next week's episode, he killed <laughs> Kerry Ann Kenley with his taint is 100% the line That's that the we would line. get renewed on. <laughs> is there going to be a season two here? <laughs> okay, so her water loses his mind, right? So this breaks it again for me. So Stepan is what? Old tongue for stupid? 
because I get he's pissed off and stuff, but it's, this is how waters react when Aes die. It just seems a little dumb to me that they suddenly go into a berserk rage and lose all reason and whatnot. Like, I can understand wanting to kill the dude, but I just, oh, I don't know. Like, no one stops him. No one, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it'd be the same as if when an Aes dies, they explode. Like, it just sort of seems to be a bit, like, why would you ever hang out with them? If some dude's just <laughs> going to lose his fucking mind. Yeah. But it sets up Nanu Nano to show off her power. I've got a note here where he goes full Star-Lord on Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> that's my biggest gripe. And I know they had Infinity Endgame to set up, but that was my biggest fucking gripe. Was, like, seriously? <laughs> they have the glove almost off his hand. Anyway, what are you going to do? So we get those sage words, though, like a raging sun. So is he now saying that she's got the one power, she's got the power? I was waiting for the snap, the snap attack front and back in this thing called rap to start happening there. <laughs> Everyone just gets healed. It did feel a little deus ex machina. I don't know if it's in the books. I don't know if it's something that's happened at a later stage where they've cobbled some pieces together. But that just felt a little bit, oh, how convenient that she loses her mind over land dying. And so that's it now. She just fucking taps into her one source. And I know she was told she was powerful before, but Lance's earlier to Maureen is he as powerful as Egrain or Egwen, Guinevere. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so it's a bit like, can you sense it? Was this dormant for Nano Nano? I don't know. I was not expecting it, but let's just put it that way. I did kind of think like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? And then it just, then all of a sudden, Deus Ex Maxina comes in. She just heal bombs everybody. Except for uh, Kerry Ann Kennelly, who stays dead. <laughs> exactly. I've got that note too. Fucking Kerry Ann Kennelly. That's it. She's done. She doesn't get a reprieve. Nope. But Land gets cut across the carotid artery and bleeds out. But no, no, no. He's okay. Oh, what are you going to do? And I guess what they're doing is they're setting them all up as the... As potential dragons. As potential. So it's going to be a long-running mystery. I was a bit disappointed that they've just introduced Rogaine and now he's dead. Well, effectively dead. Just seems a bit of a weak source. Felt a little bit Monster of the Week for me. That's probably not fair, but we're halfway through the series now and I'm not really sure where exactly the fucking story's going. If he'd escaped or something, that could have been... Now they've really got to get back to the White Tower. I will say there is more of him in future books. Okay. But they gentled him, right? That was the whole... That was the whole thing, so... All right. I noticed that the black channeling, the, the taint, <laughs> looks a whole lot like what Matt picked up. So that just looks the same to me. And I went, oh, okay. So I wonder if he's, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I mean, I guess in all stories, you potentially have the person who's affected poorly by something. I don't know. Could he be the first generation of men that aren't corrupted by the source? I don't know. Seemed a bit. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's intentional or I wonder if their special effects budget is... <laughs> He's so limited that that's how it was. Just two separate special effects teams didn't realise they were both doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh shit. Look, overall I like the episode. Yep. There's no question there. I'm My favourite of the four so far, without yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in what they're going to do with it. The flicking back and forth is going to annoy me. I guess there's nothing I can do about that. Again, they could have done it quite a bit less in this episode. So. I would have thought so. And I hope in future episodes that they don't do it anywhere near as much. If you think of an hour-long show and you break it up into 10 to 12-minute lots, you could probably have had a little bit more run-up and then 
I mean, they used to go to an ad. <laughs> That's what it used to be. Like if you if you go back and watch 24 or something like that with yeah. ads still in it, there's still that lead up moment. That's why binge watching something from television always seems a little bit off sometimes because <laughs> you can definitely tell. Because there's all these know. points through a show where it's like, Dramatic pause. Yeah, and we're back. So I'm sticking with about six and a half out of ten mm-hmm. for this one as well. Yeah. I've got it as an eight. Okay. For me. Oh, yeah, so you kicked it up. Partially that's because there's new shit here. Well, that's true. Yeah. There's not stuff that I've seen before or know exactly what's happening. You can pick bits of it. You can say, okay, this bit's kind of what they're doing over here from this book mm. or this scene, and this bit's different. Like, this whole encampment stuff is all new. There's references to things that have happened in the books, but it's significantly altered in some ways. Yeah. Well, if they've neutered this guy, probably, presumably they'll drag him back to the White Tower anyway. Yeah. I just... I'm glad he's sort of coming back. I guess if I was thinking about it, I probably could picture... Or potentially coming back. I just can't imagine you name an NPC like that and then not bring him back. <laughs> Lots of world building, which I liked. I see it as a great world. This is, this is the sort of world building I like a lot, where they just tell you a little bit, and it's it just is. I harken back to Star Wars, back when it was just called Star Wars. All you ever needed to know about the Jedi Knights, you were told in that first show. You didn't yeah. need to know how they kept the peace. We were told everything we needed to enjoy that particular piece of cinema at that time. That's how I like world building. In order to understand this episode, we were told exactly what we needed to because I guess we have to view this as an eight-hour movie, realistically. With a view to that, we're allowed to cross backwards and forwards. But everything we needed to know about what was happening happened on screen. That was and really, there was really just cool. acceptance. We didn't have to say, oh, okay, midichlorians are tiny little fucking things inside our blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's trigger <laughs> warning, folks. I just, I just had a little, bit of, a little bit of a moment there. Remember when it used to be fun to be a Star Wars fan? So this is the last time I'm going to mention it about the world-breaking stuff, mm-hmm. but I was annoyed a little bit with the accent thing again, but I'm done. I'm done okay. now. It's right. just the way it is. Like, I just have to accept that that's the way it is, but it is going to annoy me throughout the show. There's nothing I can do about it. I accept it for what it is. I understand it, but I think they could have done it better. I think there would have been a better way to do it. Because in the byway, the black guy clearly had a way out of their accent. And that's cool, but I want to know more about him now. And I think there's not an unrealistic expectation enough that I see another black man that they're going to sound the same. But anyway, I'm done with it now. All right. It's going to be one of those things that I'll be watching and go, oh, that just pulled me out of it. But I do intend to shit on parents' inability to emote for the entire fucking season. And that's fine. That's <laughs> so, perfectly that acceptable and, and reasonable. And I don't think anyone, with the possible exception of the guy who plays him, would <laughs> have an issue with that. But Cam, if we did, know. you wouldn't be able to fucking tell. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just trampled on your punchline there. I just... <laughs> uh, yeah, you'd, two pricks, you'd my have... mind. <laughs> early, early in the news today, two men were trampling to death, racing towards the same punchline. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? So, yeah, so eight, eight, six and a half. Yep. Yeah, you know, all in all, I'm happy. And when I rewatched it, I wasn't bored. And that was good. Yes. Because I sort of I watched it yesterday and then I rewatched it probably about an hour and a half or so before recording, just to keep a few things fresh in my mind. I had some stupid idea that I was gonna watch the whole lot and then immediately killed that idea off. Oh, it's a parency. Skip, skip, that. skip. <laughs> yeah. I've got just a couple of notes about stuff at the end. Yes, please. If we said this episode was fifty minutes, mm-hmm. I loved forty nine minutes fifty seven seconds of it. The three seconds being that stupid fucking close up of Nanive at the end. 
That was yep. she's yep. Ju- it just I just don't understand why there was there was like, ooh, she's fierce. It's right up there with is it raining? I haven't noticed <laughs> as things that have almost ruined everything that have come before. <laughs> oh you know, I used to love that movie. And now whenever that moment comes up, I start yelling at the TV. <laughs> I didn't realize how shit it was until that. It's rated as either the first or the second worst line in all the film. Oh, it has it's to be. Just another thing back on the story <clears throat> is when they were channeling, lots of very precise hand movements. Yeah, particularly I saw when that. they were linking, they all did the same wrists together. They all did the same thing, which that looked cool. Which makes me think in how they're doing this world. There is something about the hands. And them needing to use them to control what they're doing, yep. which when we talk about the white cloaks and having cut the hands off, mm-hmm. however, being able to get close enough to cut the hands off is big, but that's why she stayed tied to the stake. Maybe, yeah. Because she just couldn't channel her way out of it because she couldn't mm-hmm. move her arm. She couldn't do any of the things that she needs to do to control what, what she's doing. So that was just a thought. I did like the battle with mm-hmm. Alana just blowing motherfuckers up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very cool. Uh, and so this goes back to that 3-0 thing, that if they're trying to protect themselves, they're allowed to kill people. Yeah. Because I can't see how just blowing people off their feet is terribly productive. No. It was good. And They shot arrows. If this was a military film, they've attacked us, permission to engage. Rules of engagement yeah. have been, have been met. Well, they're shooting arrows at us. I think we're in danger. Oh, by the way, have your arrows back, Briggs. <laughs> I like that too. I like that they went straight down, that they didn't fly them back over the arc. They sort of held in midair. And then when the charge of the people came in, they just dropped them straight on top of them. I like that. I thought that was actually a really cool overhead shot as well. Pretty, pretty cool in general, I thought. It does. Again, when you're dealing with magic, and this happens all the time, you start to wonder, well, what's the limit of the magic? And I think we're seeing it there. I think there's otherwise, why wouldn't they all just join hands together and form a massive big shield and, and prevent anybody from running in? I think we've seen enough now of the magic to know it probably doesn't work like that, but we can certainly blow motherfuckers up. They were constantly on the retreat as well, and I liked that every time they were to cast a spell, the water got in front of them. That was cool. The dude who caught the arrows on his shield and stuff, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good battle. The battles have been fairly consistent, which is mm. nice. There's been nothing that's, that's bad. Been particularly egregious, no. Yeah. I think that's us for another episode, I think. I've got a final point. Bring it home. <laughs> so I stumbled across some stuff on Reddit. I didn't read too much of it, just in case. But Brandon Sanderson posted on the Wheel of Time TV series Reddit. As it turns out, Sanderson, among a lot of these newer authors, jump on Reddit and, and engage with their fans, which I think is a much better way to engage with a fan than fucking Twitter. And he said that he was not a fan of giving parent a wife and then fridging her. He thought that was not a... I remember we bounced on that as well. Yeah, because then all of a sudden he's just jacked his wife. And he's like going, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just fuck off on an adventure now. Like, it just seems... I don't know. That was all I was really willing to read. But apparently he and the showrunner had robust discussions. He certainly did not give any impression that they had a fight about it. But they had fairly strong discussions. So it's on Reddit if you want to go read it. I have just recalled another thing. So Sadar, Sadin, the mm-hmm. male half, the female half. Women who can channel can see other women's channeling. They cannot see men's channeling. We saw that there. They oh, Moraine, Moraine said it, yeah. Yeah. And the same, women can't see men channeling, men can't see women. Mm-hmm. 
but one of the things that is upsetting some of the fandom mm. is how did Loghain, because Loghain says his, his thing about bright glowing sun, yeah. he shouldn't have been able to see any of that. Ah, did not pick that up. Did not pick that up. He shouldn't, should he? No. Yeah, I'm just curious as to how they're going to work that bit out. Wow, this is fucking inconsistent bullshit. We can't watch it. Actually, I felt like this. Guys, this is the last episode yeah. of bullshit. <laughs> this is fucking crap. Uh, yeah, I oh, know. I didn't. I did not pick up on that. So there you go. Yeah. Sorry, Anyong. Your re-education has been for nothing. <laughs> Anyong. <laughs> But anyway, that brings us to an end. It does. It does. And we'll have this episode up a lot quicker, I suspect. Yes, it, certainly before the next episode comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this in the future and all the episodes have already come out and this is pointless for you. Yeah. But fuck it. It's called a fast forward button. So contact us. I'm on Twitter as ACOPNate. And I'm also there as ACOPWoody. There's the ACOP. Facebook page, ACOP podcast Facebook page, which I post up a link to every episode so far. And so far, we're getting a lot of private messages, people coming through to me saying, oh, they're enjoying it so far. So oh, that, that's good yeah. to know. Um, thanks. Thanks, mum. <laughs> There's some issues with me and Zuckerberg I don't really want to go into. But <laughs> I don't see the Facebook posts. So mm-hmm. I am sure a lot of them are, Woody, you need to cut yourself off from this fucking dead weight. Just, you're great. He's shit. So you can see the Facebook posts. But to be fair, I'm writing them myself. (laughs) That's that's that is true. That is true. I did did notice a certain arrogance in the tone. I do like I do like that you've cut yourself off from Facebook because it's a toxic shithole. But you're still on Twitter. But that's okay. And you know why? Twitter has boobs. It does. It does indeed. (laughs) Anyway, folks. Until next time, I've been Woody. I've been Nate, and we're a a couple couple of pricks.